the 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 85. And we're just chugging right along. Like, before he knows, it'll be episode 100 and so forth and so on. Yeah, no shit. I uh, I think we'll hit episode 100 right around our three-year anniversary, I bet you. Whoop, whoop. Well, this episode is just uh, Preston and I, because I kind of forgot he was going to Universal Studios. And by he, I mean Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're here getting ready to have, you know, Snowmageddon uh, tomorrow. And Steve is enjoying himself in the 80-degree weather of Florida. So, Steve, when you download this and listen to it, fuck you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, fuck you and your diabetic shoes. <laughs> I but, not, that but, not your, uh, but not your uh, Back to the Future stocks because those are actually pretty cool. But fuck the rest of you. <laughs> it's awesome that he also gets to experience uh, Florida while he's there, and hopefully gets a chance to see our old brother Joe trailerized for all you guys who play Xbox with us. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I say all you guy? I'm having a hard time talking today. Well, it's all right, boo. Yeah, I think my brain's just fried from this computer shenanigan. If uh, if audio sounds goofy or you feel like we just did a really short show today, it's partly because my computer all but died and I had to transfer everything over to a new computer. And then lo and behold, Apple decided they were going to discontinue GarageBand 6. Apparently, I was like four GarageBands behind. <laughs> and GarageBand 10 or whatever the hell the new one is is absolute garbage. It's shit, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. So I had to find this weird backwards way to kind of, I don't know, import GarageBand 6 onto my new Mac, and I'm really just crossing my fingers it's going to work for us. But so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going to hit you guys with some news, and then we got one main story at the very end, and everything is going to kind of snowball into the next topic, so we're not going to spoil what's coming at the end. But... uh Preston, why don't you get us started? So uh, Steve had uh, shared on Facebook today that they're canceling um, Punisher. Yeah. And then uh, Jessica Jones will end with uh, season three. So they officially announced the end of both of those ending, you know, uh, the Marvel on Netflix. And so I was kind of scrolling through that article and down at the very bottom, um, it said Mark Gruffalo was uh, fired from being the Hulk. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So then, huh. you know, I clicked on it, and apparently, back in October, he had uh, spoiled the, uh, the the name of Avengers Four on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and uh, this is like the fifth time, like being in a Marvel movie or just in any movie, that he spoiled something. And uh, so the Russo brothers were like, eh, fuck you, you're fired. And everybody's like, no, just, you know, this is just hyping up the movie. This is just a joke. And then yeah. uh, they were at a convention and a bunch of the fans had asked them. And they're like, no, no, he really is fired. Like, he's not coming back and being the Hulk ever again. We're done with it. I'm like, oh, that's damn. so I don't know. I don't know, could dude. Be fake, that could be hype. 
but uh, I, I kind of like old uh, Mark as uh, the uh, the you know the the green guy. Um, you know, Edward Norton uh, didn't really do it for me as a Hulk, and the Eric Bannon <laughs> movie really sucked. So I don't know, man. I read that a while back too, and I want to say I read that back in the summer that he was fired, but. I do know that I'm not seeing a lot of hype from him about, you know, the uh, the new Avengers movie, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting. We'll have to look more into that, man. Yeah. So fuck you, Disney, for taking <laughs> away all of her good stuff like Hulk, <laughs> Punisher, Daredevil. Well, and you know, they may not need him necessarily because if they just never have him go back to being Bruce Banner, they can still technically use the Hulk in his likeness, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Well, dude, from Incredible Hulk to Incredible Science, scientists have possibly made one of the most important genetic discoveries of all time. The cure for cancer? No, well, you know what? You got me there. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) One of the most important discoveries of all time. For the first time, scientists have actually been able to figure out a way to regrow severed digits on lab mice. Oh, shit. And not just like, you know, little stumps or whatever. No, they have amputated toes off of mice and they have then injected them with these proteins and actually grown back the full digit. Does PETA know about this? Because I feel like that would be (sighs) animal cruelty if PETA found out that they actually chopped off little micey fingers and digits and grew them back. Yeah, that's true. But don't you got to break a few omelets to make a... (laughs) <laughs> to oh, yeah. make an egg. I, I totally Don't you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet? You really got to break a couple of mice to make a good omelet these days. I mean, isn't it the army, like when they're teaching like battlefield surgeons, like they give them like an animal, like a goat or a pig, and like they blow it up a couple times. They're like, go out there and fix it. And that's how you learn I how to. don't you know. know about that. I know on, uh, oh, what was that movie? The Kingsman, that Eggsy got a pug and they tried to pull that shit on him and he, he didn't kill the pug, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's cool about this is the actual proteins they're injecting these mice with are able to regrow not just the bone that was cut off, but the actual cartilage and the actual padding between the two bones, which technically is just cartilage. But biologists at the Texas A&M University amputated the toes of mice, then treated them with two specific proteins, BMP2 and BMP9. The proteins trigger the bodies to grow back missing bones and, in a medical first, the cartilage necessary to support the joints of the toes. And so they said the goal of this is to pretty much make, hopefully down the road, make animals much like lizards. Lizards can regrow, you know, entire limbs. Uh, <laughs> entire limbs. I think I said entire. It's like I am tired. the Amazing Spider-Man. Where's my... It is pretty much, man. We're going to have... The lizard, but it's going to be a giant rat. (laughs) That's what it's going to be. But it's really cool. And their thought here is if we're injecting them with these proteins and helping them regrow these, these severed digits, we can now do more studies and find out if they're capable of growing them back. Why aren't they able to grow them back to begin with? Which, I don't know. The answer seems pretty simple to me. Uh, They can't do it because maybe they don't have these proteins, or they can do it because you're using science. Yeah. Science. Yay. (laughs) 
But I mean, yeah. if they're able to do that with like uh, mice, um, you know, eventually that science is going to lead to us. So like, uh, you know, soldiers, um, you know, getting limbs blown off in a war or mm-hmm. for any reason, like, uh, you know, accidents um, and something happens and you lose a leg, lose whatever, like we should be able to regrow that and fix that. So, yeah, exactly. But the problem is, presto, whatever they do isn't going to matter because we are on the verge of a zombie apocalypse. Oh, fuck yeah. Walking Have you heard about- I come, I'm going to go get my fucking shotgun and everything. <laughs> Have you heard about the, uh, the zombie deer disease going around? No, but uh, lay it on me. Boom, baby, boom. Okay, so it's been going on for a while, and I kind of ignored the news story until I saw the headlines saying that the CDC fears zombie deer disease is spreading into Kansas, and it has the potential to infect humans. By eating the deer meat? Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. (laughs) The CDC Center for Disease Control has issued a warning about the deadly disease spreading into states across the U.S., including Kansas. Chronic waste disease, known as the zombie deer disease, is an illness that affects the brain, the spine, and the tissue of deer, elk, and moose. According to the CDC, the disease starts infecting prion proteins in the brain as it's passed through infected and contaminated body fluid and tissue. Afflicted animals show symptoms such as emaciation emaciation from forgetting to eat, excessive drooling, and stumbling. There's no treatment or vaccine currently for CWD, they're calling it, and the disease is fatal. They said the alarm started raising about this potential CWD infection to humans back as early as 2017, showing that monkeys who ate infected deer meat contracted the the disease as well. Huh. I didn't know uh, monkeys uh, ate deer meat. You know, it may not have been voluntarily. (laughs) Fucking eat it, monkey. Do it, Mr. Bubbles. Michael's not going to save you now. (laughs) Um, Wow. Uh, However, the CDC has warned the public to test venison or elk meat for CWD before eating it in the area's known to be documented by the infection. But I don't know if, if there's like a litmus test you can just buy at like Walgreens to do this shit. Like, how do you test it? Yeah, that's what I would want. <laughs> I've always, uh, you know, I'm not uh, big on um, trophy hunting because yeah. like I, I think that's useless. But uh, I've always wanted to like uh, go elk hunting or moose hunting because, you know, I like kind of like gamey meat like i like cooking that shit yeah. uh-huh. and uh buddy and of mine uh we've we're gonna plan a hunting trip and you just fucking killed that like i'm like fuck it I'm, <laughs> we're gonna go hunt the fucking moose and i'm gonna cook, fucking make moose stew and moose steak and yeah. moose everything and now i can't have my moose because it's zombie well moose i meat. may have killed your dreams but i also saved a co-host <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what because uh i hate to see it go down that way yeah. Um, the CDC updated as of January 2019 shows that there may be 20 to 30 or more counties in Kansas alone, including Cheyenne, Decatur, Ellis, Finney, Ford, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, there's nothing about Butler. There's nothing about Sedgwick. But, uh, yeah, that disease actually has been found in the deer here. So it says most cases of the CWD 
occur in adult animals, although the youngest animals diagnosed have been as young as 17 months. The disease, like I said earlier, is fatal. The first signs are difficulty in movement. Then behavioral changes in most animals, including the monkeys and the mice, saying that they actually start walking around kind of confused. Um, they have their heads lowered down to the ground. They have tremors. They have repetitive walking patterns, like, you know, kind of in circles or just like in big ovals or figure eights. Um, they grind their teeth. They have excessive saliva. Um, they drink a lot. They urinate a lot. And it's just, it's a really shitty deal. And over time, they just start zoning out and staring off into space and kind of just drooling, kind of like, you know, senseless zombies. Yeah. And then over time, their skin starts to sink into their ribs. They get, you know, open wounds that don't heal. And they pretty much look like a zombie deer running around. Mm, shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty shitty. So they basically say in closing here that hunters should avoid eating deer, elk, and moose tissues known to harbor CWD like their brains, their spinal cords, their eyes, their spleen, their tonsils, and their lymph nodes. Mm. And they should avoid eating any of these animals, any part of these animals, especially where the CWD has been identified. And it says something to the tune of like 27 states across the country and three Canadian provinces have all had cases of this. Damn. Yeah, dude, that's pretty intense. So um, it really makes you think that if the human race is on the eve of extinction, and it sounds like, you know, we might be if this thing really does break out into people, it's time to find somewhere new to live, Preston. Yeah. Somewhere without zombie fauna. So I think it's time that we get your ass to Mars. <laughs> get to the chopper. <laughs> so this will bring us to kind of our final story for today. And I'm going to read most of this, guys, because there's some really good information, and I don't really want to try to paraphrase this, but it's not terribly, and terribly, incredible, and terrible at the same time. It's not incredibly long. A retired U.S. Marine claims that he spent 17 years on Mars, protecting five human colonies from Martian attacks. And I want to give a shout out, first of all, uh, on that deer story. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, Jonathan, because uh, I came across that going through his feed earlier. And that's fantastic. And then a big friggin' shout out to Farley, because Farley, I think, tagged me in this story about these uh, this, this Martian Marine. So there we go. Props or props are due. Yeah. According to claims of a retired officer known as Captain K, and that's a pseudonym, that's not his real name. <laughs> Not only have humans made it to Mars in the past, but they've also developed a secret space program, Flotilla, that operates in space. It seems that there are two versions of what's going on in society when it comes to space, Mars and classified files. First, it is that we have not been to Mars, and we don't have the technology to get us to Mars. The other is that the exact opposite, a version that several individuals have backed up over the last decade. According to Captain K, who is a former U.S. Marine, he was posted on the Red Planet for 17 years, and his mission was to protect five human colonies from the indigenous Martian life on Mars. According to Captain K, not only did he spend years on Mars, he also served aboard a giant space carrier for three additional years. 
According to former U.S. Marine K, he worked for the Mars Defense Force, the MDF, which is owned and operated by the Mars Colony Corporation, the MCC, which is basically a conglomerate of financial institutions, government, and tech companies. Kay and his team were part of a special assertion of the United States Marines with a highly classified mission to protect and ensure the existence of five newly established colonies on the surface of the Red Planet. The Earth Defense Force, another secret military branch, has military recruits from countries such as the U.S., China, and Russia. Furthermore, Kay states that his training took place on Mars inside a secret base called LOC, or the Lunar Operations Command, and on Saturn's moon Titan, and even as far as deep space itself. Not only do we have technology to get us to Saturn and outer space, but Mars is a planet crawling with life of its own. According to Captain K, the space fleet has technology far superior to anything available on Earth. The various ships have different propulsion systems that allow the space fleet to reach the frontiers of our solar system with ease. According to Kay, the propulsion system used both fission and fusion to power the thrusters and the anti-gravitical technology. These were facilitated to mankind by a friendly race of the gray aliens. So that makes you wonder if maybe the... uh the rumors are true that we have a pact saying that we'll give them X amount of human hosts and they will in turn give us, you know, some of their old retired technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid uh, response. I'm just, I'm going to interject uh, you know, I'm just waiting for you to uh, finish up and then I'll, I'll blast you with my uh, interjection. Hey, sounds good. According to captain K, there are two indigenous species inhabiting Mars the famous reptilians, and also the infamous insectoids. Both mm. what? <laughs> Both of them are equally intelligent. The reptilians, however, are much more aggressive, defending their territory at all costs, while instead the insectoids are equally intelligent and capable of being more passive. The fact that Mars is a planet capable of sustaining life has been backed by several researches and researchers, among them being Dr. Brandenburg, who even claims that alien beings waged war, like nuclear war, on the red planet itself. And there is evidence, <coughs> pardon me, evidence, <coughs> shit fuck. <sighs> There's even evidence of that today. According to the doctor, ancient Martians known as Sidonians and Utopians were massacred in a giant nuclear attack. The evidence of the genocide can still be seen today because they find very large traces of Xenon-129 on Mars, and the only process that we know of on Earth to make Xenon-129 is a nuclear explosion. While Captain K has no physical evidence to back up his claims, he says that he is doing everything he can to obtain highly classified documents which would prove that what he says is the truth. Parts of the testimony from Captain K are consistent with that of Michael Relf, another whistleblower 
who claims to have served 20 years on a tour on the Red Planet. And Laura Magdalene Eisenhower, the great-granddaughter of former President Eisenhower, also claims that efforts were made to recruit her onto a human colony on Mars. Yeah, that I was actually going to bring her up because that bitch is batshit crazy. Like, if you've ever YouTubed her talking and anything that she has to say about Mars, like, there are some fucking screws loose in that. Um, <laughs> we should probably work on 2019, you not referring to people, especially <laughs> ladies, as bitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. See, much better. <laughs> uh. But no, she she is uh, she is one huh, deep rabbit hole. Um, if you ever look her up on YouTube, um, and or did was that it? Is that all you had, or do you have more? That's it, man. Hit me with your uh, with your retort here. So yeah, um, there 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 was a the the one scientist who did um, heavy studies on um, the isotopes um, that are the present on Mars, and especially in like in the Martin uh, Martian atmosphere. And that's uh-huh. something you only get with like nuclear reaction, nuclear f- uh, fusion. And the only couple places that we have it here on Earth is like Hiroshima, where we dropped the bombs. Um, you know, uh, Alan Nagorno, New Mexico, where we did the test. Um, there's a place in India that has this really weird green glass from like, you know, 10,000 years ago that shouldn't be there, that's there. Um, oh. So there's all these odd places on Earth that where these isotopes show up. Um, uh-huh. It's all, all where like nuclear explosions have happened, right? Right. And so, I mean, that that would really back that up that something had happened there um, years ago. the The European Space Agency released photos of craters like in Mars, um, and as that uh, s- satellite was orbiting the planet, it would come back during the different seasons. So you would get a photo of what the craters looked like, you know, during the Martian springtime, the Martian summertime, winter, and fall. And you could see what looked like vegetation, like the tops of trees, and uh-huh. it, it would change depending on the season. And then, um, uh, God, what is uh, Richard Hoagland, um, who's also a fucking rabbit hole of a person? If you uh-huh. watch his shit on YouTube, um, you know he did the famous face on Mars. He was one of the first reporters, correspondents for NASA. Um, back in nineteen seventy one, seventy two, when the Mars rover explorer whatever it was uh took uh the photos over the planet and Uh i mean it looked like a fucking egyptian sphinx face there on mars and um you know ever since then every time that we send like a satellite up and people will go to like nasa's website and then go to jpl and start pulling apart these photos and you know 50 50 half of it um i I think is uh, pareidolia there's nothing really there but there are like certain rocks certain formations that really do look like structures that have been there forever. And uh, I, I think it was uh, Eisenhower that brought up the fact that uh, during a desert storm, we found like a uh, Iraqi uh, Stargate. And mm-hmm. that's what eventually um, got us to Mars or, you know, we opened up the Stargate and we're able to teleport people there fairly quickly. Um, so, you, I mean, it's a giant fucking rabbit hole. Well, Something that kind of coincides with what you said about having, you know, plant life that changed with the seasons. Um, Captain K did mention that they actually have proof of animal life living on the surface of Mars. And also it has a breathable um, 
oxygen similar to yeah. Earth. But then he also claims that one of their missions was to go down to a cave and retrieve a Martian artifact. And in that, there's a battle and over a thousand humans died. And only he and 28 of his fellow uh, soldiers made it out alive from that specific mission. You know, and you know, to go for a little bit further down the rabbit hole and to put your tinfoil hat on. So all the, all the studies that we have on like the Martian atmosphere or even uh-huh. like um, the atmosphere of uh, Venus, because that's the other planet. Um, so you have like uh, the three planets, Mars, Earth, and Venus that are in that habitable zone, like the Goldilocks zone. Mm-hmm. And, um, during the, in the sixties, um, the, I can't remember the name of the scientist, but, uh, he was the one that uh, did the report for NASA saying like, if we ever do get the space exploration, we start going to these planets, you're going to find alien artifacts. And these are the two planets that I would look at the most. So when we finally get there, all of the stuff that we know about those planets is basically from NASA. So if mm-hmm. let's say like Venus had a breathable atmosphere and they found alien technology and alien life on Venus and they found a breathable atmosphere on Mars and they found aliens and all this technology, if you wanted to keep that from the public, I mean, you could really falsify all that information and, and you know, say whatever you want about the atmosphere. Like there's no oxygen, you know, it's poisonous gas. And how the fuck are we supposed to know? I mean, we can't go to that fucking planet. We have to take <laughs> your word for it right. that the information that you're giving us is correct. So they could have been like, you know, false feeding us information all these years about like what, you know, the surface of the planet's like, what the atmosphere is like. We don't fucking know. So, <laughs> well, NASA says. Right. So. There's also a fascinating story about a woman named Dana Howard that maybe we should cover sometime, but um, she's written a lot of books. One of them called Diane. She came from Venus. Yeah. And she claims that she made first contact with a 250 centimeter tall creature. Um, It was a Venusian woman named Diane in the year 1936. Um, How how tall was this? uh Individual? 250 centimeters tall. Which may not be that tall. Yeah, I don't don't know what that equivalent is in footage. If only you could Google that. Well, that's what I have you for. (laughs) I'm the one reading the story, jackass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but this uh, potentially not so tall creature was said to have a head that was radiant with a crown of fire Strands of golden hair cascading gently over her beautiful, slightly olive-tinted shoulders and dark, prophetic eyes. And the first time they met, she said, Have no fears, child of Earth. Let the doors of your mind open, and we of the faraway planets will speak to you in poetry and song. We're and your she... friends. <laughs> and she claims to have gone to uh, Venus with this uh, this alien woman. So maybe we should get to her some other time. Yeah, there was that. Uh, there was that other researcher that uh, claimed that um, you know aliens from Venus came and picked them up and took them on like interdimensional fucking journey. So uh, the Denton family is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think so. Englishman Denton. I had this one down to here too. <laughs> what a coincidence. An Englishman <laughs> from the 19th century, William Denton, claimed to possess the power of psychometry. Psychometry. Mm-hmm. Psychometry is the power of divining facts of an object or its owner through physical contact. 
Denton, through his power, allowed his family members to visit other planets of the solar system. He used the geology samples to view the images of the Earth's past before his psycho psychometric experiments. His wife Elizabeth claims to have seen a vision of a giant prehistoric insect after touching a piece of quartz. Uh, so that the Venusian lady was roughly 8.39 feet tall. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Denton's sister Annie Kreige claims to have seen an eruption in the sea after touching a fragment of volcanic lava. The family states that they would run their turns on the psychometric powers to the heavens. Denton's son Sherman is said to have visited Venus. Sherman describes having seen giant trees shaped like mushrooms filled with sweet jelly. He also claims to have seen a creature that resembled a fish and a muskrat combined. Sherman is believed to have also visited Mars, saying that he saw people with four fingers, yellow hair, and wide blue eyes. Mm -hmm. According to him, these people flew around in aluminum flying machines. Huh. And the other swan. thing that uh, you could argue, too, is maybe NASA's not lying to us. And in our dimension, um, you know, Earth and or Mars and Venus are in their current state. But if you were to travel to another dimension, um, the reality, you know, uh, Mars and Venus would be habitable and they would be completely different. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, who, how the fuck do you really know? Huh. Wow. Um, in a synchronicity unlike any other, this list of people who've been to uh, other planets at the very bottom, Captain K. Captain yep. K in 2015 had his real name revealed to be Randy Kramer. Huh. I don't <laughs> go with Captain Kangaroo this whole entire time. <laughs> well, you were close. Yeah. <laughs> he revealed details like the moon landing as a cover-up for operations that would actually be sending man to Mars. Ooh. Ooh, neat. Hell yeah. Well, I think that about does it this time around, buddy. Yeah. I don't want to ramble on about more random people that have gone to Mars and Venus and everything else. Yeah. And Uranus. Oh, zing. Uh, only you and <laughs> I have been there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks everybody for listening and joining us. I know it's kind of a shorter episode. Um, Hopefully you guys have enjoyed the last two we did, those getting to know us uh, episodes. Thanks for all the questions again submitted. And uh, Preston and I will come together again next week for another show. And then most likely the week after that, we'll finally get to that uh, United Kingdom haunting that was sent in to us when Stephen gets back. So I'd really like to have him be on the show. But uh, I'll see if we can't work up something special for next week's episode. Yeah. Maybe do some uh, some interesting abduction cases I've been holding on to for a while. I'm ready. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, what do you want to plug? Well, as always, uh, need a beard, want a beard, want to grow a stellar Venusian beard, check out BigDopsBeardMom.com, and Sean's going to hit you with a promo code. P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off your entire order. And, you know, go down your own rabbit hole and, you know, join uh, the Richard Jerome uh you know, uh, uh, <laughs> aluminum tin foil cult club. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, check out our, uh, YouTube channel. Um, and then, uh, check out, uh, what is Steve? Well, I don't know. Whatever the fuck Steve always plugs. <laughs> check out the Instagram account 
PXL Paranormal. That's where we usually put a lot of our uh, companion images for the episodes we talked about. We might put mm-hmm. a couple up for this one. Some zombie deer and Captain Kramer. And uh, let's see. We're on Twitter as well. We don't do a whole lot with Twitter because it's kind of a uh, maybe a dying medium. I don't know if it's dying or not. but I Like know MySpace? Sh- <laughs> well, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of like MySpace. So check out Mark Solocast, Pixelated Sausage. Check out Fear and Fame, our friends over in Colorado. And check out my favorite NASCAR podcast. What's that one called? Sports Cars Unleashed, where you can unleash your inner NASCAR driver. Yeah. Kind of like Ricky Bobby, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the only NASCAR driver I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I know what I was going to say. We have some really great used bookstores here in town. And on a parting thought... Shayla and I went there uh, right before we went to dinner one night uh, last week, and I popped over to the paranormal section and kind of perused through. And first of all, what's badass is I came across uh, an old original copy of The Intruders written by Bud Hopkins, which is kind of an abduction uh, chronology, I guess you'd call it. And I, I grabbed that, and I thought, hell yeah, I've been wanting to order this for a while, and some copies were kind of expensive. Might as well grab this used copy for two fifty. But Preston, and more importantly, Isaac, I picked up a book called Sexual Hauntings Through the Ages. Damn, I'm ready. Sexual Hauntings Through the Ages is a titling collection of over 40 real cases gathered from around the world, ranging from harmless naked figures to horrifying and bizarre entities who have brought death and destruction to those who have come into contact with them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what we go over on Thursday. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah, you feeling sexy? We might just talk about a couple of these. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you next week. Peace. The cast that pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal your guide to the unusual and the strange.